on this series of uh, hospitality and entertaining God. That's a term perhaps you're not familiar with, but when you worship, you entertain God. And hospitality towards God and hospitality towards, towards each other. So we're in this series, and this title of this message, the title of the series is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? <laughs> I think I'll write a book like it, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? So the title of this particular message is Uninvited Guests. And of course, they are invited, but sometimes church people, nobody here, get surprised when certain people get included at the table because they think they're so much better than them and they kind of forget where they came from. One of the advantages of preaching, pastoring this church this long is I remember when some of you got saved. You're not all that. Come on. (laughs) And thank God none of you knew me before I was saved. Not even Gloria knew me. She's got a lot on me anyway. (laughs) Uninvited guests. And we're going through the book of Luke. So you have your assignments. I think you were supposed to read at least through chapter 4. And so this week I want you to read chapters 5 through 8. Just follow along. We can't preach. We're not going verse by verse. That would take about a year (laughs) for me to preach everything in the book of Luke. And you would grow tired of it. But I'm I'm telling you something. I have a new appreciation for Dr. Luke. And I'm seeing things I never saw before, and I'm appreciating this book. And as we go along, I'll I'll share with you uh, why that that is true. But let's get some of the background right now, because uh, after after the first couple chapters, what happens in chapter 4 or chapter 5 is that Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist, right? And he comes up out of the water, and he's driven into the wilderness. And I told you it was interesting that when G, when, back then, when John the Baptist baptized people, they confessed their sins when they came up. Aren't you all glad you didn't have to confess your sins? That would have made baptism more interesting. Uh, <laughs> But, but when Jesus came up, it said, Luke says, and straightway he goes into the wilderness. In other words, Jesus didn't have any sins to confess. But he got baptized anyway, and he goes into the wilderness. And then, and then we read about Peter, James, and John get called. We read about the man that gets let through the roof. They tore the roof off the house and dropped the guy down right in front of Jesus, and he heals him, Right? We preached that just a few weeks ago. And then, and then Matthew gets called. He's sometimes called Levi. Let's go to our text, Luke chapter 5, verse 27. Let's look at this briefly. After this, he went out and saw a man named Levi at his work collecting taxes. Even tax collectors can get saved. Jesus said, come along with me, and he did. Walked away from everything, which was very lucrative, by the way, and went with him. Let's, let's look at this story. So Levi threw a large dinner party at his home for Jesus. Everybody was there, taxmen and other disreputable characters, as guests at the dinner. 
the Pharisees and their religious scholars came to his disciples greatly offended. You know, it's, it's only church people that can get offended. What is he doing eating and drinking with crooks and sinners? What's with this Jesus? So Jesus heard about it. How many know a lot of times Jesus doesn't say anything? But this time he thought, hmm, I'm not going to let this one go. Who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting outsiders, not insiders. An invitation to a changed life changed inside and out. They asked him, now, John's disciples are well known for keeping fast and saying prayers, but the Pharisees didn't like John. Also, also the Pharisees, but you seem to spend most of your time at parties. Some of you would like Jesus. Jesus had a lot of parties. I think Jesus was fun. I think Jesus told dad jokes. Why? Why is he at the parties compared to John's disciples who never partied? They're fasting all the time. Jesus said, listen, when you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skip on the cake and wine. You feast. You feast. Later, you may need to pull in your belt. (laughs) But this isn't the time. As long as the bride and groom are with you, you have a good time. When the groom is gone, the fasting can begin. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. The party is on. Listen, he said no one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match. I'm reading this in the message so it doesn't sound familiar. You need to hear it from a different point of view. And you don't put wine in old cracked bottles. You get strong, clean bottles for your fresh vintage wine. And by the way, no one who has ever tasted fine-aged wine prefers unaged wine. In other words, church people like the old wine better. And here's what he also says. He says you don't, you don't cut a piece of fabric out of a new piece of garment and stick it on an old pair of jeans because, first of all, it doesn't match So the old pair looks worse than it ever did. And you cut a piece out of that brand new thing, which can't be used anymore. Too many churches are trying to mix the old with the new to make everybody happy. But really what needs to be done is we just need to follow Jesus and do the new thing. Amen. If something needs to be got you know got rid of, then let's get rid of it. Amen. Let's not try to patch the old with the new. Quit trying to make everybody happy and make Jesus happy. Amen. I don't answer to you. I answer to him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When God does a new thing, let's kick out the old and let's go in with the new. Someone give him praise if you're with me on this. Ah, oh, praise the Lord. Amen. So he holds a dinner party, and he invites his friends. This is what should happen. We need to meet with people who don't yet know Jesus and have a party with them. How many Pharisees we got here this morning? Come on. 
you know what, we're all, we all got a little bit of Pharisee in us. I heard one pastor say that he was really just a recovering Pharisee and sometimes falls off the wagon. Because we all get a little judgmental sometimes. We all see things we think we see instead of seeing the things God wants us to see. So he calls all his companions. And it's interesting, that word companion, it's, it's from the Latin. C-O-M is, is, is the with. And, and panion is from, well, panini. <laughs> it means bread. In other words, the word companion means with bread. Companions, it's all about eating together, coming together. And Luke, Luke has about 10 of these circumstances. There's 10 stories or parables where somebody's eating. Luke had to have been Church of God. <laughs> and a lot of things happen around the table. Can I get an amen? How many know this is the table? And a lot of good things need to happen with our companions around the table. I like, here's one reason I really like Luke, because Luke seems to go out of his way to, 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 to demonstrate, to, to illustrate Jesus ministering to misfits and outside. One person called them outcasts, outlaws, and outsiders. And those are the people Jesus came to, the people who need a doctor. And this was so anti-religious. This was so not what the church did then. These people had to be identified as unclean and kept away. And Jesus just broke all the law. In fact, they called him a glutton and a wine-bibber. If Jesus was applying to be your next pastor and on his... What's that called? Resume. It said glutton and wine-bibber. Would you hire him? But <laughs> Ben would. Okay. Ben's a good guy. He's a, we <laughs> Lord help us. I'm in one of those moods. Hang on. So, so, so. so so Jesus has a reputation. You got John's people that are hyper, you know, they're fasting all the time and they never party and they never smile. And, but, but they were good people. But, but, but Jesus came along and said, you know what? That was, they acted like that because they were preparing the way. But now I'm here and it's time to party. Now it's time to get around the table. Now's the time that we need, I hate to say this, drink a little wine. Oh, Lord, I don't want to encourage you. Drink a little grape juice. Do you all feel better now? And, 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 we, and, 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 and we need to just get around the table and party and have a good time. And, and, and I just, Jesus, I just think Jesus was that kind of person, and he related to the outsiders. He even touched them, which is really something different. Come on now. Something new is here. And I, Listen, if we don't get a hold of this, churches will never grow until people in the world see something new. We got to get out of the religious stereotypes that the media tries to put us in and let the world know 
We're not just normal. No, we're not normal. We're crazy. In a good way. Oh, glory to God. Punch your neighbor and say, you crazy. You know that. So, <laughs> who did Larry punch? Okay. What? So, so Jesus even describes this in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 27. Let's, let's watch through the story here. And, and, and Jesus starts talking to the, and, and I just want to read through this because it reminds us how we should act as Christians. How many believe we need a reminder sometimes? Some people have been saved too long. They think they've been saved and they can treat waitresses any way they want to. They can treat other church members because I've been here and I... No, but let's remember what Jesus said. He said, uh, to you who are ready for the truth, I say this, love your enemies. Oh, if I just stop there, we could open the altars. Love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When, oh, I, could, oh, I need to preach. When, when someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. If someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. Next verse. If someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. Here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Garden-variety sinners do that. If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? Ouch. The stingiest of pawnbrokers do that. I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us generously. How many know we have a generous Father, a gracious Father? Even when we're at our worst, our Father is kind you be kind. Anyone hearing what I'm saying? Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't judge lest you be. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people. You'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life. You'll find life given back. But not merely giving back, giving back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. So then he, Jesus heals, remember Jesus heals the Roman officer's servant? See, you see the outsiders here? And then he, and then he heals the widow of Nain's son. Actually, he raises him from the dead. Luke's the only one that talks about that. I love that story. I love to preach because Jesus and his crowd, they're, they're like, they're singing one of those songs from New Orleans. They're Mardi Gras. 
they're coming into the city, and they're, they're just, woo, glory, oh, Jesus is here. Ha, hallelujah. And, on, on, and inside the city, you got another crowd that are like, mm-hmm. there's a funeral. And, 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 and the mother, you got to understand, now she's not only a widow, but she's lost her only source of income, her son. But it's even worse than that. you got to understand what's going on here. She didn't just lose her son. She's lost her future. Here's why you had to have sons. Because the land that you own is passed from father to son. So if she had any land, it would, go, it would stay in the family if she had a son. But now she doesn't even have, she has no income, no future, lost her inheritance. you got to get this. And it said it moved Jesus. Whatever you're going through today, he sees it and he's moved by it. You don't have to convince him you're hurting. He feels your pain. And these two crowds, one up, one down, collide in the middle and he raises the boy from the, he sits up in the, can you imagine if you're carrying this thing and you're like, I, 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 I. He sits up. How many know the dead crowd became alive and joined the lively crowd? It's time for the dead crowd to come alive and join the party. Come on, church, give him praise. Luke chapter 7, verse 28, just a couple verses. He says, let me, Jesus said, let me lay it out for you as plainly as I can. No one in history surpasses John the baptizer. But in the kingdom he prepared you for, the lowliest, the outcast, the criminal, the lowest, wow, person is ahead of him. The ordinary and disreputable people who heard John, wow, come on church, by being baptized by him into the kingdom are the clearest evidence that Pharisees and religious officials would have nothing to do with such a baptism, wouldn't think of giving up their place in line to their inferiors. So we come to this meal. And let me, there's a lot of scripture. Are you okay? I love that. Woo. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. By the way, three times Luke said the Pharisees invited Jesus over. How many know they had a secret agenda? Not everyone who invites you over means you well. The Pharisees asked him to eat, and he went to the Pharisees' house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, how would you like that to be known about you? When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, with the hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant, expensive oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, if he really was a prophet... He'd know who this woman is. In other words, he asked, don't you know who she is? Watch, keep that in mind. If he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is, who is touching him. 
just even touching him, for she is a sinner. The other day I was watching this uh, movie about these acidic Jews, very strict Jews, and everywhere they went, they, they're not allowed to even touch a woman. So they, they get introduced to a woman, and she'd put her hand out, and he'd just go, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even shake your hand. I, I, I can't even touch a woman, much less a sinner. That would make me unclean. Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. I love it when Jesus speaks up. So he said, teacher, say it. That's your first mistake, Simon. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50 denarii. Big difference. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Who appreciates it more? Simon answers that, you know, he, he knew it was a trap. I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged, rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? Isn't that interesting? What did Simon say? Do you see this woman? And Jesus says, do you see this woman? What do you see when you look at people? Which side are you on? There's nothing wrong with being able to identify, you know, the, the sheep in wolf's clothing or the wolf in, wolf in sheep's clothing, I guess it is. You know, I guess that's a good thing. And, you know, it's good to have those people in the body. But listen, it's so much harder and so much better to be able to see not where they've been, but where they're going. That's the harder thing. That's the more difficult thing. He said, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since I came in. And number three, you did not anoint my head with oil. But this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant, expensive oil. Uh, and by the way, this first oil is cheap olive oil, but this is the expensive stuff. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Let's, let's, let's just stop there. I want you to catch a few things. First of all, it was not required that Simon do these three things. It's not, like it was, it's not like he was disrespecting Jesus because these were not things that you would always do for every guest. But listen to this. It is something you do for special guests. Oh, you all aren't getting what I'm saying. You do that for special so what was so Simon didn't want to disrespect him, but he wouldn't honor him either. And too many people they said they don't want to disrespect Jesus, but they don't honor him either. And listen to this. It meant that it meant that she considered him a special guest. Listen, for churches everywhere, we, we need to start getting it in our spirit that. The way we treat our guests tells us how special we think they are. 
I, I, I teach pastors all over the place, and, and, and we talk about this, and they say, oh, I have a friendly church, and we look into it, and they don't. <laughs> they're friendly to each other, but they're not friendly to strangers. They're not anti-stranger, but they don't make them feel special either. There's nothing special about it. But Jesus was special, so she comes in and does the special hospitality because Jesus is worth it. Amen. He's that special guest in our life that we need to go all the way. Amen. By the way, I, you know, for years this bothered me. How did this woman get in? You don't just knock at a Pharisee house being probably a prostitute and say, oh, come on in. She's been in that house before. She's been invited to parties before. She comes to Jesus. And you got to understand, they're not sitting like this at a table, right? They're sitting, they're sitting on their left side. Oh, Lord. So that's why the feet are out here, and she begins to weep, and, 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 and the tears are falling on his feet. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? And, and so... Now you get the picture of why she, how this happens, and she begins to wipe. She's kind of ashamed, and the tears are. She's really crying, and she's wiping the and 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 then you know, and Jesus forgives her. But listen, he didn't forgive her because he loved her so much. We have to understand something. She got saved before she came in. Now, I don't know where or how the scriptures aren't clear on that, but listen, I think, I don't know if she had ever met Jesus, but I believe she was in a crowd somewhere and the teachings of Jesus, glory to God. Didn't we just read about the teachings? Something had gotten a hold of this woman. Amen. Something had to motivate her to break into the house and go through this group of this room full of men where women, women weren't even allowed and to come in like this. The courage, her heart had already been changed. You don't get saved because you love Jesus. You love Jesus because he saved you. I don't know if Jesus, you know, had formerly met her or not, but he saw her heart, obviously. And these tears coming down, she anoints him. My God, what, what a picture, what a picture we have here. You know, Jesus really describes Simon in chapter 7, verse 31, and, and this, whole, this whole complex that I'm trying to get at. The Lord said, to what then shall I liken the men of this generation, and what are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you didn't dance. We mourned, and you didn't weep. In other words, no matter what we do, you aren't, you aren't happy. John the Baptist came, and you... you you, you wrote him off as, as a nut. You said, he's, is he mad? They, well, they said, does he have a demon? You know what that means? If you had a demon back then, I mean, if you were mentally unstable, that meant you had a demon. <laughs> Some of us still got him, I guess. I don't know. You know, back then, being possessed by a devil wasn't so much about being a sinner. As later it talks about Mary Magdalene. And, and, and that she had seven demons in her. It didn't call her a sinner. Back then, if you had a demon, you were looked at more as a victim. If you had some kind of physical ailment, 
that you couldn't get rid of, or you had a mental illness of some type, you were depressed or whatever it is, that meant, you, that meant a demon had gotten hold of you somehow. And you need deliverance. Okay? So they said, John, John, John's crazy. And Jesus, he's a wine-bibber and a glutton. And he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. He's eating and drinking. What's wrong with this picture? So he describes them. And Jesus is simply saying the time for fasting is over. The kingdom of God is about celebration. We need to quit judging people the way we do sometimes, and let's just celebrate. People are drawn to a party. People are drawn to celebration when they see the joy of the church. We have a resurrected Jesus. Rejoice! <laughs> church ought to be about celebration. It ought to be having a good time in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Simon says, do you see this woman? She's unclean. You're not supposed to touch her. She lets her hair down in public. That was a no-no. Most of you were in violation. Unless you cut it short, you're in violation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A, a, a modest woman would never let her hair down. That was, that was something, well, never mind. Um, that's not something you do in public. And so she's violating all these religious rules. But Jesus saw this woman. You know what? When you really look at it, Jesus doesn't really judge Simon. He doesn't call him a sinner. He doesn't judge Simon, but he does compare the two. And Jesus says, I mean, Simon says, Simon says, Simon says, do you see this woman? And Jesus comes back and says, do you see this woman? Do you really see this woman? You know, in the end, who really is the sinner, her or him? <laughs> Who's the real sinner? Too many of us, you know, have that kind of Pharisee thing going on. But at the end of this, Jesus said, her sins are forgiven. And then he says something interesting. He says, go in peace. Go in peace. Which is interesting because in Jewish tradition, the only time they would say go in peace is at a funeral. If you were still alive, they would say go into peace. Like you're still on the journey toward peace. But at a funeral, they would say go. Let them go in peace. Jesus used funeral language here to describe her because she had died and been born again. So go in peace. Go in peace. You've, you've died, but now you've been born again. Boy, that, that's the message the world needs to hear because their lives are such a wreck, but we say go in peace. If you'll just lay all that down and come to Jesus, get forgiveness for your sins, he will not only forgive you, he will empower you 
to have victory over the sins that caused all the trouble in your life in the first place. If not your sins, other people's sins. But God doesn't just forgive. He empowers and he says, go in peace. Live the resurrected life from now on. In God great, give him praise right now.